Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Truck Guy Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Guy. This is episode number two, and we're glad to have you along. The Truck Guy Podcast will be your dirt road ride to fresh inside takes on the latest truck news, test drives, how-to tips, and, you're right, a dose or two of high-octane opinion. In this episode, we're going to be talking with Andrew McCready. He's a West Coast-based editor with Driving.ca and host of the Plugged In Podcast, which focuses on electric vehicles. Now, they just wrapped up their fourth season, so be sure to check them out and listen to their back catalog of in-depth expert conversation about all electric vehicles. Some of those vehicles are, or are at least going to be, pickup trucks. We're glad to have Andrew on the show to talk about what's in the pipe in terms of EV pickups, separate a few contenders from the glut of pretenders, and even speculate on other alternative fuels that might power our pickups in the future. That's all coming up in the next half hour on the Truck Guy Podcast. This is the Truck Guy Podcast with your host, Matthew Guy. Wonderful. Andrew McCready, welcome to the show. Thank you, Matthew. I'm honored to be part of your uh, fantastic new pilot season of Truck Guy. Its uh, first episode was awesome, so I'll try to live up to that potential. Thank you very much. I appreciate the kind words because it's great to have someone who is super knowledgeable like yourself in the EV sphere because that world is coming to trucks too. It sure is. Yes, it's uh, long awaited, I think. It's kind of a, a proving ground for electric vehicles. I think we've kind of uh, seen that the the city car has is kind of arrived. The, the EV city car, you can uh, go 400 kilometers on a full charge. So mm-hmm. for a commuter car, for an urban car, the EV um, revolution has arrived. Um, I think the next one is, is the pickup truck space. And uh, as you know, there's stuff on the horizon, nothing that you can actually buy yet, but hopefully this time next year there will be. So I think um, I'm sure many of your listeners are, are interested. I would say maybe skeptical, but um, skepticism mm-hmm. in the EV space is nothing new. No, it's not. And sometimes it's even, you know, understandable because it's a new technology and it's something that's more than a little bit foreign to a lot of customers. So it's great to have you on the show to talk about it. Thank you. Um, And we're going to try, you know, talking about some of, we've got the contenders and we've got the pretenders. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. With with, with trucks. And and in the former group, you know, you could definitely put people in there, put the companies in there like Ford and GM and Ram. Right. Then there's a lot of upstarts as well. The Rivians and the Teslas and the Lordstowns and companies like that. So what's your take on some of like how those companies are approaching this Ford has already shown us. Um, they have a couple of working prototypes of the F one fifty lightning. Um, GM has put their Silverado EV out there as CGI. 
And Ram was talking about their um, Stella Large Frame platform for the Stella Frame is what they have termed that technology that they're going to build their Ram EV on. So I'm always interested to hear what you've got to say about those types of trucks. What what do you think you've seen about those so far? Yeah, well, I think, you know, just stepping back a few years, I think the, as you call them, the upstarts and, and as we call them, the pretenders mm. have really kind of damaged the whole space of EV pickups um, because let's face it, none of them have come to fruition. The Rivians, mm-hmm. the Lordstown. I mean, I think a lot of them, I, I, I don't think, I know a lot of them, if not all of them are trying to kind of catch lightning in the bottle, much like Tesla did. Yes. Um, right. So they're becoming venture capital plays. They're trying to s- pump stock. And, and a lot of people have put a lot of money into these companies. And as we've seen with Lordstown, let's say, there's nothing there. You know, mm-hmm. it's 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 vaporware. It's the classic kind of uh, um, promise, promise of things, but they never really do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, building vehicles is a very difficult thing. It takes a lot of capital. It takes a lot of know how. Um, I think Tesla is certainly a, a, a rare case in that space, but mm-hmm. they've also put a lot of money into it. Um, they've also had a lot of engineers who knew what they were doing, who came from the traditional um, vehicle building space. So that is, Yeah, that is true. They do have people in the right spots of their company that have come from the traditional building space. They do. And yeah. this is why the traditional building space, particularly when it comes to pickup trucks, um, for GM and Ram um, have have you know they're they're the experts in this, so it's it's little surprise I think that those will be the ones that really drive the EV pickup trucks. I really even think the Rivian. Um, I don't know. The, I, I think they're wonderful graphics. I love I love the designs and things, mm-hmm. but the reality of building them. So um, I think as as you say, it'll be the contenders will be the traditional pickup truck builders to bring EVs um, to the market. And definitely to the mainstream for sure, because even we've seen Rivian definitely has tangible product that they've shown at shows, right? And which yes. is a step above some of the other companies, the upstarts that we've seen. But you're right, and I didn't really think about this, that the promise of electric trucks and then nothing happens. Once the Fords and the GMs and the Rams, the people who are, used to building vehicles, once they start promising them, the skepticism might be there as well, even though we know that they are going to follow through on what they have promised. Yeah. And and the thing about, I think, um, you know, EV, EV cars, uh, the first generation were kind of weird looking things <laughs> that only early adopters really wanted. You know, the average person doesn't maybe want a car that looks strange. And You're right. Like, Some... Likewise with trucks, right? I mean, let's face it, truck people want a, a really classic looking truck not i mean that cyber truck the tesla cyber truck the reason it you know got the press it did is because it just looks so wild but yeah. you're not gonna you know i i don't see the day where you're gonna see that on a job site um mm-hmm. whereas the ford lightning looks like an f-150 i mean it, it's it's so so i think the acceptance level will be already there obviously what needs to be proven is the ability to do the things you need to do with your truck with an electric battery. And that's the, that's the big bridge to cross for these vehicles. Very much so. That is a huge bridge because trucks, uh, yeah, people use them for their own daily whatevers, but they are used for work. 
Yes. And Ford saying, you know, this is great. They're targeting like 370 kilometers or 480 kilometers of range for their standard and long range battery packs. Yep. Um, but with still, when equipped properly, the ability to tow 10,000 pounds. So how much or take 2,000 pounds of payload? So how much of that range is going to get cut from that um, 370 or 480 kilometers? Quite a lot, obviously. Yeah. Right? I mean, it all comes down to weight. So mm -hmm. what I loved about the Ford announcement um, is, you know, unlike the GMC Hummer, um, which is going to be like $120,000. I mean, nobody who, who works in trades is going to buy that vehicle. It's going to be a, you know, it's going to be a, like a Cadillac Escalade or a, or a, a G wagon from Mercedes. It's going to be like a, mm -hmm. you know, an, an NBA player is going to be rolling around in that thing. <laughs> yes, sir. What I loved about Ford is they came out with two models. For, well, a few in the States, but two specifically for Canada. One is kind of like a stripped down trades model. And then one is probably going to be about 70,000. And it'll be interesting to see what they're going to say the trade one is going to sell for, because yeah. that really is the sweet spot. And, and I, that got me pretty excited. That got me thinking, okay, this is a really smart idea because Ford is actually going to appeal to people who are using their trucks to work. And one of the big costs in truck trades is fuel. Mm -hmm. So if you can cut their cost by 80%, that's that's appealing, especially to a guy. I have a friend who uh, owns a landscaping company, and it, he has four F one fifties. He spends about forty thousand dollars a year on fuel. And he called me as soon as this was announced, and he said, "You know, as soon as you get one of these, I want to see it because <laughs> I want to buy four of these things." And for him, he does tow maybe some uh, you know ride on mowers and things like that. Yeah. But it's still it's it's within the city. He's not driving far. He's uh, you know, he's just loading up in the morning and driving into a suburban area and cutting grass and stuff. So yeah. he really, and I, and I think uh, on, on a bigger level, there's a lot of guys like him. There's a lot of carpenters that don't put a lot of miles on their truck, but yeah. spend fuel on it. I mean, fuel right now is a buck 70 here in Vancouver. That's and, exactly. And it, you know, it's not going down. So Ford has been very smart to do that. And I guarantee you GM and Ram will, will follow suit and come out with a, with a stripped down model that'll appeal to trades. Absolutely. And you think about all the other possible applications for a truck like that in that type of scenario where they're idling a lot or yep. um, at the airport, for example, service trucks at the airport. Yep. Right. I mean, what a great usage case for an electric truck because they're going to be close to facilities where they can charge up and they are often moving physically very short distances but are being used almost 24 7 so you're exactly right that 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 is the the key market where these companies are going to find a bit of success yeah and and it already is right fleet sales is huge for trucks f-150s and things so yep. um very smart and and again that's something that the that that you see the experience of these companies understanding the market and bringing a car bringing a vehicle to market that actually is is logical as yes. opposed to something that's just maybe looks great at a car show and costs a lot of money and might do a zero to a hundred in an impressive time. But the real world application of it is, is not as, as, as important to people. So um, yeah. I, I think that's going to be a really interesting thing to watch, to see the orders um, from people. Um, obviously there's going to be a look and wait, wait till the thing comes out. I think there are, yeah. there are already orders. I think uh, Ford Canada said, you know, they've, they've, a lot of people have raised their hand to want this vehicle. 
Um, but I also think there's a lot of uh, trades sitting on the sidelines waiting to see what these are like. And uh, I think once they see one on a, on a job site, they're all going to be swarming it and, yeah. uh, you know, checking it out. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. And I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. I actually think for those guys, it's going to work. You know, pickup trucks too. I just did a road trip to Banff, um, going through the interior and stuff. Pickup oh, trucks, wow. are, pickup trucks are everywhere, obviously, um, in rural areas. But they're also towing things. They're also hauling skidoos. They're hauling sea dews. They're hauling boats. That's right. gonna that's gonna be an issue for the EVs until the battery technology gets to the point where you can get a lot more energy stored. And once they've once they figure that out, that will open up a whole new avenue. But there's in, in addition to that as well, you talk about storing of energy and the storage of energy. Hydrogen fuel cells, I mean, they might have a role in zero emissions pickup trucks at some point, do you think? Absolutely. Or- you know, I never, um, you know, uh, listeners of my podcast and what I've been reading about or writing about the last little while is I've thought that fuel cell technology, hydrogen fuel, which is zero emission, um, but can fuel your vehicle in five minutes. So it's mm-hmm. very much like gasoline, but has the benefits of being zero emission. Um, I've always been a proponent of those being for big rigs, right, for highway trucks, because it makes a lot of sense. Um not so much for city urban vehicles because you can get away with an EV, but these pickup trucks that are going to be pulling stuff and need more energy, you know, it's, it's a really interesting idea. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, what I'm thinking is Toyota, who is kind of, you know, the Toyota company has, you know, they're going to start coming out with EVs. A lot of people said they'd be behind it. Um, They started with the Prius, the hybrid. They were the ones who started this whole EV thing in a a hybrid sense, Mm -hmm. but they've also thrown their lot into um, hydrogen fuel cells, right? They've got the Toyota Mira. Um, yep. they're, they're huge proponents of that. I can't help but think the Toyota Tundra or Tacoma fuel cell would be a really interesting vehicle. And Toyota, obviously, in North America has carved out a pretty impressive niche apart from skeptics when they first showed up with a pickup truck. Yep. Um, so that, to me, is maybe an interesting fit. However, the one key about hydrogen is that you need the infrastructure, and that's going to be the problem. But thinking ahead, if the big rigs come on and they build out highway infrastructure for fueling big rigs, what's to say pickup trucks can't start using that also? You're exactly right. So suddenly, or a rural rural setting has a hydrogen station, that would be, I think, something that would really fit. So there's a lot of exciting ideas. Um, obviously, there, there has to be a huge investment in infrastructure for that to happen. But the reality is it is going to happen. Um, it's just a matter of where I think it'll be regional as EVs are regional. Yeah. Um, so, you know, out where you are, I think that it, it makes a lot of sense in, in some areas. You know the, the landscape and you know how many, many pickup trucks there are. Yeah. If you could tell people you could have a hydrogen one, I don't know. Might be. Uh, I, I think it's viable. I do too. And I mean, if you've ever driven, if any of our listeners are, are wondering, if you've ever driven a hydrogen vehicle, it looks and acts and walks and talks and quacks just, you know, very similar to an internal combustion engine. But the only thing that comes out of the tailpipe is water. Right. That's it. And right. if, if, if anyone, if there's any young people listening, if, if your teacher starts talking about the storage of hydrogen in science class, Pay attention, because the first person to figure that out on a big scale 
It's going to be the richest person the world has ever seen. Yeah. Because yeah. I feel that that's the big holdback for hydrogen because it is the universe's most abundant element. It is. And it is able to propel your vehicle and produce only water. And it's just the infrastructure, as you said. But, you know, we're how X number of years ago, we didn't have too many charging stations. Yet today we're talking about uh, mass adoption of, of pickup trucks in the yeah. EV segment. So, yeah, infrastructure. But there were no gas stations X number of years ago either. That's I'm right. Sure, I'm sure we people were having this conversation around uh, the, the, the hurricane lamp. In, ni- in, in 1900, when, when, when the gasoline-powered cars started coming along. Yeah, no question. And that's what I've always excited me about this. And um, as I said at the beginning, there's skepticism. And I think that's healthy skepticism. I think yeah. um, it's hard to get our heads around some of this stuff. Um, but I think is what we've learned, or what at least some of us have learned, and, and it seems in Canada a majority of us have learned, is that science, you know, trust the science. And we're hearing that, of course, in the in the context of the pandemic and the vaccines. Yeah. So, you know, trust science. And I think faced the climate change and the the government regulations about going to zero emission to reducing carbon. There's a lot of smart people. And as soon as you focus them on these issues, yeah. they'll, they'll figure it out. They'll come up, they'll come up with things we don't even know about yet. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the talk about lithium ion and the, the rarity of lithium. Well, you're already seeing lots of companies coming up with other metals to use in batteries. Sodium mm-hmm. is one. I mean, you know, nickel, going back to nickel. So um, I really believe in science. Um, I'm certainly was never a strong suit of mine in school, but thankfully it was for lots of people. <laughs> yes. And um, I think this is where we are. And as you say, for young people, it's a super exciting time. What's interesting about, you know, the, the EV space, and I know this is the case at Ford, I've met a lot of Ford engineers that work for their like their their Mustang program or or whatever, and okay. they jump they jumped at the chance to get back to to go into the EV powertrain space. Is that Whereas, fact? Yeah, you'd think they would be. Oh no, I don't want anything to do with that. I want to do the the big the big block engines. That's what yeah. turns my crank. These guys are engineers, so they're faced with a problem. They love the idea of forging new ground. So. Wow. Um, you know, there's lots of uh, there's lots of smart people taking this on. And um, I think once, as you say, these companies bring these things to market, it's going to be pretty interesting to see how people react. Agreed. Agreed. And I mean, what do you think it is going to take to convince a pickup truck buyer to go electric? Right. Once they are ready to be produced and they've started th- hitting dealer lots. I think just like with with the cars, you have to prove that it can do everything you want your truck to do. Yeah. Um, so that's why I say the trades at the beginning will be the ones that want them. Um, if you're towing a boat or a, or a, a fifth wheel, it's probably not there yet. Well, it's no. definitely not there yet. It doesn't no. make sense. So, so that's not the case, but you know, if 20% of pickup sales right now are people that only travel 200 kilometers a day and don't really go on big road trips with it because they use it as a work truck, mm-hmm. that's, that's the sweet spot. And as the technology improves and range improves, then you'll see more people come into it. So yeah. it's it's not the be all and end all by any means, but EVs aren't either. Um, no. You know, this whole idea that they're going to replace the combustion engine in the next ten years is is folly. It's mm. it's it's not it's not the case. Governments can put out 
you know, throw lawn darts and say, okay, by 2030, we're going to be this. Well, we'll see. I mean, I hope so, but I'm also thinking no. But on the other hand, each day people are trading in or, or trading in their gas engine for an EV maybe not at the rate we want them to, or we, we'd hope it would be at, but it's mm-hmm. happening. And more and more companies are bringing these things to market. And as you said at the top here, pickup trucks, are the real acid test for EV technology. Really, I believe they truly are because there's so many of them are sold in this country and they are used, you know, by the trades and by people who are working. And if there's ever a proving ground for something, it's in trucks. Right. And the cost, I mean, it comes down to cost. I mean, you might, you might pay a little more for the thing, but your operating cost, you know, as I say, gas is so expensive right now and I can't see it getting cheaper. Um, So it's just, it just, it just makes sense for, these are all small business people, right? They're all running small businesses and they are all about the bottom line. So if you can prove to them, you have a tool, which is their truck that Mm -hmm. you can, that you can reduce costs for them. They're going to take a serious look at it. They are. If it's friendly to the Excel spreadsheet, they're absolutely going to have a look at it. Yeah. And that might be fuel, maintenance, Yep. and it's all going to be amortized over X number of years. So yeah, there's more of an upfront cost, but these business people are smart. Yeah. They're, they're going to look at the big picture, right? And that's, yeah. you know, I mean, in terms of some of the biggest issues facing EV pickup truck adoption, that might be one of the biggest ones is the upfront cost for, for a lot of people. Yeah, but as I say, I think Ford is going to come out with a very competitive price for the okay. for the stripped down F one fifty. Yeah, and I think it might qualify for some rebates, and you know that suddenly gets it into a conversation where it might be, you know, just maybe five thousand more than a gas one. And if you're running your truck every day to work, you're going to make five thousand bucks up in gas savings pretty quickly. <laughs> That's true. That's true. If it does come. If you do get something close to is the forty five thousand dollar ish limbo bar that they all try to slide under, yeah, um, there's the money that's on the table from the feds and a lot of provinces, um, even out here in Atlantic Canada, New Brunswick is pretty generous. Nova Scotia just introduced something, yeah, um, and that would knock it down a fair bit. You're right because a base F one fifty, your low thirties for sure. Um, Right, so then all yep. of a sudden, that's a hugely different conversation than a, than a, than a sixty thousand dollar price tag. Right, and we also have to remember uh, the federal government has put a lot of money into the auto sector in Ontario, including with Ford and GM. Yeah, um, with the hopes that they will build some of these EV pickups there. Mm-hmm. So I think that there will be a little uh, a little deal made there where whatever the pr- price of these trucks is going to come out, there's going to be a rebate for them because it is in the federal government's interest to see these vehicles sell. You're right, because they tweaked it a little bit for, let's say, the um, the, the plug-in hybrid uh, version of the Pacifica. Right. Um, I know that's exactly. a minivan, but they tweaked it a little bit because that's a seven-passenger version and et cetera, et cetera. That's an interesting point, Andrew, because they probably will tweak it in some way, shape, or form so that those pickups do qualify even if their pricing is just a little bit out, yeah? Yeah, and, and of course there are people, and, and I understand the argument, that have, have a problem with rebates, um, mm-hmm. you know, saying why, why are these wealthy people, if you can afford a vehicle like that, why should you get a government rebate? Well, I mean, that's what it takes to start industries. That's what it takes to get things going. Um, yep. You know, Google oil subsidies or oil, you know, <laughs> oil subsidies in Canada per year. And you'll be shocked at how many billion dollars um, are in tax savings and things like that are, are given to oil companies. So, yeah. 
you know, it's uh, I think it's it's a, it's a necessary evil, these rebates. And I think we want to get to the point where we don't have them anymore. But to, to get the ball rolling, we need them right now. <laughs> it's like when you promise your young kid you can have a chocolate bar, but you got to eat your broccoli first. Right. Exactly. So- <laughs> exactly. I like that. I like that a lot. Well, then you're right. I mean, we're in the midst of a federal election right now, just called yesterday. Yeah. Um, so I will be looking very closely to see if there are announcements along those along those lines. Yeah. And um, I mean, where I live in British Columbia, we have wildfires burning, climate change. Uh, again, it, you know, you, there, there, there can be scientific arguments as to how much human endeavor has had an effect on that. But the reality is it is happening. Yeah. Um, so that kind of puts a point on this whole argument also. So there's all these things kind of converging right now and, um, exciting time. I think it's going to be a, a great, great year next year when these automakers come out with some, some EV pickups. I think it's going to be, I think there's a lot of people that are very interested to see them. I agree. It's a great time to be a gearhead. There's, <laughs> yes, it there, is. Are, there are new things happening all the time. Absolutely. And I just want to ask you, just before we go, because I'm always interested in in, in what catches um, the eye or the ear of our guests. Um, has there been a, a pickup truck in the EV space or a feature that you've seen that, that has surprised you um, to pop okay. up in this? Yeah, for sure. And I guess it gets back to, uh, let's get back to the pretenders, because, I mean, they aren't actually producing pickup t- trucks. But to their credit, some of them have come up with some really unique platforms, right? Yeah. Because suddenly, with, without a big engine in the front, yeah. you can suddenly make a very interesting hauler, or, or you know, you can you can reimagine the pickup truck in many ways. Very so, so I mean, you know, some of them have these things where, in your cab, you can slide ladders or two by fours under your feet, so you can run the length of the truck. You can have this kind of port where everything goes, and you're sitting on top of them, or they or to the side. So right. You know, I think that 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 the the Fords and the GMs are very traditional, and they will be. But I think at the they pro, I'm guarantee you they have engineering schematics to come up with some pretty wild platforms. <laughs> because as you said, the, the 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 these these the 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 architecture they use is just flat, right? It's yes. just a flat battery pack, and then you can just rebuild a pickup truck on top. Um, right. So, so that's really, I think, the the interesting thing for me um, is as we see more pickup trucks, where you almost get purpose built for different industries. There'll be options, as you say, the airport. It doesn't have to really look like a pickup truck suddenly. True. So, I think that's really interesting. Awesome. That's very cool. I agree. And there's so many different options out there. You've got um, the F one fifty Lightning with that huge frunk. I mean, how right, cool right. is that for the family that has? taken it to Costco and then wants to stop into the Home Depot. I mean, where are you going to put your stuff? Where are you going to lock it up when it starts to rain? All of a sudden, you've got this huge space out front. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's very cool. Andrew, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been great, great to talk to you. You too, Matthew. And again, I wish you nothing but the best with this podcast. I think you've got a, a great show and um, I know that your listeners are really loving it. So uh, I wish you all the best with it. Thank you. And great guests help. awesome thank you sir thank you that was andrew mccready an expert on evs all-around gearhead and host of the plugged in podcast i think he made some excellent observations about the current state of ev pickup trucks 
Man's correct when he says that it'll be the mainstream brands like Ford and GM and Ram that'll be responsible for bringing all-electric pickup trucks to the mainstream market in a big way. Sure, other players are going to have their roles, and we'll probably see those trucks on the road too. But will they be in the same volumes as traditional brands? We'd love to hear our listeners' thoughts too about that, so be sure to hit us up on the socials. But that's our episode. Big thanks to this week's guest, Andrew McCready, producer Adam Foster, and to all the listeners for joining us on the Truck Guy podcast. Be sure to check out driving.ca where you'll find the best in truck reviews, videos, and breaking news. While you're there, use the site's comparison tool for head-to-head shopping and sign up for the Blindspot newsletter. That'll be delivered to your inbox every Saturday morning, featuring a roundup of the past week's most important automotive news. And be sure to subscribe to the Truck Guy podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music. So you can hear this truck-loving Newfoundlander and his guests tell a few stories while talking about pickup trucks and 4x4s. Thanks for listening. Thank you.